Jerusalem is the center of the Jewish universe. It's Jerusalem that all the tribes go up to. It's Jerusalem that Abraham offered his sacrifice in. It's Jerusalem that the temple is built in. Jerusalem's everything. Jerusalem's the heart. So why is Jesus born in Bethlehem? Bethlehem's like this no-name city just off the, off the beaten trail, just slightly off-center. And I think there's, there's something there for us. Like, Jesus comes into the world just slightly off-center. And, and the whole rest of his ministry, he's trying to get into the heart. He wants to be in the heart. He wants to reign there. And when he finally does, when he finally gets to Jerusalem and the end of his ministry, he gets killed. This is what the Lord wants to do in every single one of our lives. He wants to be in the center of our lives. Too many of us are walking around, even as professing Christians and practicing Catholics, with Jesus just kind of slightly off-center. He's not right in the middle. And quite frankly, if, if he were right in the middle, we might not like that. We might end up finding ourselves wanting to, to kill him, to, to get him out. Lord, Lord, just off-center. Off-center is good. But is off-center enough? It's interesting that one of the next scripture readings that we get as we follow along is King Herod. King Herod, he's, he's the king of the Jews. He's there in Jerusalem. He's reigning. And then he finds out that there's this rival king. And so what does he do? Well, he goes on a killing spree, which is, is really kind of the logical conclusion if there's another king and I don't want to be dethroned, then I have to destroy him at all costs. Otherwise, I have to let him rule. I have to let him reign in my life and my heart over not just some stuff, but everything. And Jesus wants to be that for every single one of us. That's actually the, the goal, the whole trajectory of the, of the human situation is allowing the Lord to find his way to the center of our lives. I remember back when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, and I, was, I went on a mission trip and I was probably forced to go on the mission trip, to be quite honest, because when I was in high school, I wasn't really that interested in Jesus. And in fact, whenever anybody would find out that I was even a Catholic, the response was always the same. It was somewhere in between uh, disbelief and incredulity. You're, you're Catholic? And I always kind of took pride in that. Like, yeah, you know, I managed to keep that a pretty good secret. I went to Mass on Sunday, but that was about the only mortal sin that I wasn't willing to commit, even though I was 
committing a lot of other mortal sins, including going to communion when I knew I shouldn't have been also. But I was on this mission trip, and after two and a half weeks of every day serving the poor, daily mass, time in prayer with all these other uh, Catholics my age, some of whom I'd grown up with, something, something happened. And, and it wasn't profound. It wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't see a, a light or hear a voice or you know, feel the Holy Spirit come, a, a, come upon me. It was, just this, it was just this thought that occurred to me. And the thought was this, Kyle, you're a bad Catholic. There was, no, there was no judgment in that. It was just a very matter of fact. Like, you're, you're actually a bad Catholic. And, and I received that as just as matter of fact. Like, yeah, that's, that's actually true. I'm a, I'm a bad Catholic. Because when people find out that I'm a Catholic, they're, they're shocked and appalled. That's not a, that's not a good thing. And the, the next thought that occurred to me right, right then and there was, I either need to stop calling myself a Catholic or start living like a Catholic. Because it's really not fair to the Catholic Church, this organization that I profess to belong to, to live in one way that's totally and entirely incongruent with the, the, the way that this, this faith professes its, its adherence to live. And I won't go so far as to say that, you know, the next day I, you know, changed everything in my life, but that, that thought continued to sit with me. I can't keep on this way. Jesus is in my life, but he's somewhere over there. And I knew he needed to be right in the center. And that was the journey for the next five, ten years. And it's a long journey, and it's a slow journey. But the Lord is patient. And I think that for every single one of us tonight, that's the question to ask. Where is Jesus in my life? Where's Jesus in my heart? Is he somewhere out there, sort of, you know, yeah, you know, he's, he's in the picture, but not center. See, you know, I, I dabble with Jesus. Is he kind of, he's kind of off center, he's right over here. Where's Jesus in your life? Because I think when we're honest about it, we know where he is and we, we, we know where he ought to be. And our Christian journey is allowing him to take that place. Now, immediately when we start thinking about this, we start thinking of all the things that would have to change in my life for this to be true. Oh, well, if, if Jesus is going to be center, that means I've got to stop doing X. And I got to stop doing Y. And I probably got to stop hanging out with Z. And, 
you know, we start going down the list and, and we start to see our, our identity and our, uh, our happiness fleeting away. All the things that we know and love and are accustomed to are just gone. But what that fails to acknowledge is that if, if Jesus is the king, if, if, he's, if he's given me everything, if he's responsible for every good thing in the world, every good pleasure that I've ever experienced, then maybe, just maybe, he can make up the difference. That whatever I give, he'll end up giving me many times over. And that was my experience. The Lord never takes us from like point A to point Z all at once. It, it, would, it would crush us. He just slowly leads us and proves to us little by little that we will not find happiness, we will not find peace, we will not find joy, contentment without him at the center of our lives. And we can try, and I tried, and many of you are trying, and it still hasn't worked. And so the invitation tonight is, Let's allow the Lord into the center. Let's recommit ourselves to that journey. Wherever we are, we're all on a journey. Let's ask the Lord to come into the center of our hearts. You know, later, later in Mass, you know, we'll have the opportunity to receive Holy Communion. And it's this profound moment where Jesus is literally in the center of your very being. But I would, I would caution you of something. We don't want to mess around with Holy Communion. This is not something to be taken lightly because this sacrament, the sacrament of sacraments, demands something of us. In fact, the very word sacrament comes from the word for, for an oath, to take an oath. When we receive communion, we're taking an oath. And what we're saying is, in this literal, this literal way, is I want Jesus in the center of my life and I'm striving to live so that that will be true. Not, not, that, it's, not that it's perfect, not that I'm a saint, not that I, I've got it all together, but that's my goal. Where Jesus is right now, that's where I want him to always be. So if we take Holy Communion and that's not what we mean, that's not what we're striving to do, that's, that's not our intention, that's a lie. That's, that's, a, that's a false oath. And we don't want to make a false oath to the living God. So if, as, we, as we sit, as we enter into the Eucharistic prayer and, and bring our offerings and bring our hearts to the altar and ask the Lord to rid from them all that is distracting us, all that is keeping us in, uh, in, the, in the way of us and our, our relationship with Jesus, let's just honestly examine, is that what I want to say? That I want Jesus in the center of my life. And maybe as we're examining that, that question, we realize, yes, I do, but I have some unrepented sin on my heart. 
I have some grave sins, some mortal sins. Maybe I haven't been going to mass. Maybe there's other things that I've been dabbling in that I know I shouldn't be dabbling in and, and I need to go first to confession. Confession is often the first step in the journey and a, and a frequent step, uh, a place we, we, we go back to again and again in the journey where the Lord continues to pick us up, set us right so we can reorient ourselves to him and he can reorient himself to us. So maybe, maybe tonight's not the, the night to make that oath. And that's okay. It's okay to, to remain in your pew, to, to, to just pray, to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I want to want to be there, but maybe I'm just not right now. And that was, I think that was me. I just, I knew, like, I knew, I know where I have to go. I know what I have to say. I don't know if I'm ready to say it yet. I don't know if I'm ready to do it yet. Otherwise, you can come forward for a blessing and just cross your arms over your chest and I'll give you a blessing and just ask the Lord to reign in the center of your heart and the center of your life. This is the the grace that's available for all of us tonight on this beautiful night, Christmas. Remember the Christ child born in Bethlehem, just off center. Let's ask the Lord to not be off-center in our lives. Let's ask the Lord to be right in the center of our hearts, of our lives, of our everything, so that he can reign there as the true king.